Filmmaking covers a variety of genres, and during the 1990s, one in particular saw a resurgence, the big-budget disaster flick. It's coming! It's headed right for us! It's already here. For two science-obsessed kids growing up on opposite sides of Pennsylvania, nothing left a bigger impression than Twister. The suck zone. I think we're going in! Join Kelly and Joe as they dissect the second highest grossing film of 1996. Debris, Jesse, we have debris! Minute by minute. Another cow. Actually, I think that was the same one. And relive one of their favorite movies of all time. No, that, that was a good sized twister. What was that, an F3? Solid F2. Tornado warning continues now. Welcome to the very first episode of Solid F2, a minute-by-minute breakdown of the movie Twister. I am one of your hosts, Joe, and sitting next to me is my wife, Kelly. Hi. <laughs> so why Twister? Why did we pick this one to uh, start with our first ever podcast together? We're weather nerds. Is that the only reason? Um, it's the basic reason. That's the main one for you? So, what was your first exposure to Twister? Do you remember going to see it in the theater? No, I'm not. I'm not sure I did. I remember very clearly going to see Jurassic Park in the theater. Um, and you would think that this would have had the same impact on me if I saw it in the theater. So I'm going to say no. Um, but do you remember the first time you saw the movie then? No. You have no idea when the first... Do you know... Uh, was it something that you watched with your parents, your sister? I would imagine it's something that we watched. You know, we rented on a family movie night or something like that. And then... The good old blockbuster did yeah. you well? Yep, yep. My... Uh, well, we didn't We didn't have a blockbuster. Oh, I'm sorry. What, to, what was your In uh, a choice? good old 84 Pennsylvania, we had uh, the local video shop, which was later in life became a music studio where I took guitar lessons, ah. but for the beginning part of my life, it was a little video store and Amy and I used to go in there. My dad would take us in and they had rows and rows and it was much smaller and more cave-like okay. than a blockbuster Is it was. similar to the one we used to frequent in State College? More cave-like. More cave-like. Okay. Think of like a, if a hobbit hole became a a video rental place became a guitar studio. Um, mm. You mentioned Hobbit Hole. It's a good thing Nick's not here. He would have started reciting <laughs> the book. So Twister, I- I'm surprised that one that I didn't know you didn't see it in the theater. As um, If I did, I don't remember it. <laughs> As a lifetime ago. As Before we dive into the first minute, we're doing these little introductions. And uh, I guess we... Should point out, obviously, that we're married and we have been together for a we long are? time. Yes, I hate to break it to you now, 
but it's been that way for a long time now, nearly 11 years. I guess that explains a lot. <laughs> Including the two children sleeping above our heads. Huh? You think they're sleeping. Well, I'm hoping they're sleeping. One they haven't come down to ignore, uh, annoy us yet. So One out of the two of them, I bet, is sleeping. <laughs> One of them is reading with a flashlight under her covers. And, you know, and, and at any given time, she could very well be reading about weather, though. So She's fascinated and terrified, though. I yeah. think that's why she likes to read about it, because she is terrified. I honestly can't say that I was much different at her age, though, because weather was very, very exciting. It was exhilarating. It was interesting. But it was also a little bit terrifying. I, I can't say the, you know, thunder and lightning was an issue, but thinking about severe weather like tornadoes, you know, definitely... Uh, was a little unsettling for, for a young child. And even though we're from Pennsylvania, not exactly known for uh, its tornadoes, you know, not part of the alley uh, in, in the Midwest and in the, in the plains. But Pennsylvania gets its fair share of tornadoes. But growing up, we were always told we didn't have to worry about it because the mountains, our mountains, uh, would take care of that for us. Well, I, I will say that I feel like growing up, I had better severe weather in western Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh, where I grew up, than I get here. And I, I think it probably does have a lot to do with the, the mountain range in the middle of the state. Oh, yeah. Obviously, we um, know to topography has a huge impact on weather. But the old wives' tale or your parents trying to quell your fears by saying, don't worry, those mountains, as central Pennsylvania, southwestern, southeastern PA, wherever you are, um, they won't let tornadoes come, isn't exactly the whole truth. Oh, no. <laughs> But it works to quell feels the fears of little ones for the oh yeah the time absolutely. But, um, I miss I miss the storms in Western Pennsylvania. We used to sit on our back porch and watch the storms roll out after they had already passed over us, and you could see lightning in the distance for hours afterwards when it was dozens of miles away, and you could just see the hot pink lightning flashing in the summer night sky and. Mom and I would get Klondike bars and a Scrabble board and sit out on the back porch and just watch lightning. And it was – and I miss that because we just don't get it here like we had it there. But um, No, we get we get our fair share. But I would say that generally when we look at the radar and the lightning maps, which, you know, we're weather nerds. We do that fairly recently, especially, you know, March through August. We're always pointing out things coming through Ohio mm -hmm. and hitting the, the, the Western Pennsylvania area. When, when we were together at, at Penn State and State College, I mentioned we're both married for over a decade now. We met together at uh, Penn State uh, at University Park. We both were, um, shockingly, if you're listening to a podcast about Twister, uh, meteorology majors. We both got our undergraduate degrees from the Department of Meteorology at Penn State Weather there wasn't super interesting. Uh, you know, it was, it was, there we were saw a few maybe, summer storms there were a few summer storms. Ran and from. <laughs> we, uh, enjoy, <laughs> we enjoyed the occasional interesting winter activity, but it wasn't anything like what is shown in, in the movies or, you know, during storm season uh, on the Weather Channel. But we did get to move to an area that was a little bit closer to that after we both graduated from Penn State. And my you, favorite place. Well, you decided to get your graduate degree, uh, your master's of science at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. And um, you, we spent close to two years 
uh, in northwestern, north northwestern ish, you know, northwest of Indianapolis, not not quite in the corner up towards Chicago. But we got to see some storms out there, and mm-hmm. we actually got to hear tornado sirens, which was mm-hmm. a first first for me. Yep, um, we heard um, we were there about. 22 months, just shy of two years, and we probably heard the sirens go off four or five times. Mm-hmm. For actual storms, yeah. They yeah, tested for, them every month. Well, but. sure, yeah. We heard a lot of tests, but we were there when they sounded them because, well, there was a tornado warning and there were tornadoes on the ground while we were there. Now, I don't think we were ever really super close. In fact, the ones that were close to us, we actually had moved farther away. Um, well, that the one instance I remember quite clearly is us being in a bar Right. Uh, when the, the sirens were going off and we're looking around sort of thinking like, should we get in our car and go home? You know, you're not supposed to go out and drive during a storm like that. But the place that we were in, the whole front of it was plate glass. glass the whole back yeah. of it was one giant mirror with all the glasses hanging there that you would expect in a in a bar that serves – wine and and martinis and all that stuff that was just and i was like well this doesn't feel like a good place to be either if wind starts whipping shit around that's the one that i'm alluding to as well but what i was saying is our apartment was actually closer to the touchdown than the restaurant we were at. i think we we were like five miles at the restaurant and about like two miles from the so we would have been um closer had we been at our apartment at the time I, i remember another time where they were going off and we lived on the first floor, really the ground floor. We were down in the ground. So we were at the place we needed to be and we opened the door and there were other people that had come down from the higher levels. And we're like, you want to come in here and not stand out in the hallway with giant glass um, out by the mailboxes. But uh, that was really, um, I mean, it was something interesting for us at the time because we had obviously gone through, four years, at least four years of um, higher education related to uh, meteorology and you were pursuing your atmospheric science degree. So, you know, we we knew what was going on. We knew what to expect. We knew what to do and what not to do. I I do want to cut in here and say that I I did not study severe weather in graduate school. I studied studied, uh, atmospheric chemistry, but we did have the severe weather courses. We understood the atmospheric dynamics and the physics of what was happening, and we had certainly learned enough about it in undergraduate, but that wasn't the focus of my studies. No. So that's not why we went to Indiana. That I, was just the only place I applied to grad school, so that's where I went. Well, but it was also your your top choice. After people said, try not to, they encouraged you to branch out and not stay just at Penn State, because I think we both were hoping to maybe stay at Penn State. But, you know, I think advisors and references were saying, branch out, meet new people, experience new things, go different places. I think you would say bull crap on that and you wish you would have done another two years at Penn State. But Yeah, and it doesn't have anything to do with the people there. They were right. good people, but Purdue felt like it was trying to be Penn State and failing. How many red brick buildings do you need on a campus? <laughs> and if in the middle of the Jan- if in the middle of January it is so cold that it makes my eyes water, it was and then very the cold. tears yep. come out of my eyes, and then when I blink, they, they freeze. freeze, and I have my eyelashes freezing together. It's a problem. It's a problem, and I don't care for it. Yeah. I don't miss it. I mean, nothing can compare to Penn State. So you're, you're there on a pedestal, and it's tough to live up to them, and Purdue as a a grand experiment – 
didn't do that. But like you mentioned, you we met a lot of nice people there. Uh, you, you learned a lot. You got your degree. It was very well received. And I got to work in the climate office, which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Uh, Dr. Niyogi, uh, I, I just – when you were said I'm, I'm got accepted to Purdue and I'm going to go – I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to do grad school. And, and how I, did I convince you, and Joe? And you very much wanted me to come with you. Um, but my concern was employment, you know, just coming out there and not doing anything, not being associated with the university as a student. I wasn't sure what to do. So I just emailed the state climatologist at, that happened to be on the Purdue campus, just like the Pennsylvania state climatologist was on the Penn State campus. I just said, Hey, I have my undergrad. I have my bachelor's of science in meteorology. I've been working in the Penn State, Pennsylvania State climate office for a few years now. My, my, uh, well, at the time, girlfriend, because we weren't even engaged yet at the time that I was emailing him. We were soon to be engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, she's coming out, going to be a master's program. And, you know, is it, do you have a, is there a spot available? And much to my surprise, he said, yes, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about it. And I remember telling you and how excited you were to think that I was going to be coming out with you while you pursued that degree, which is what happened. I came out, what, week to 10 days, I think, after you? Yeah, about two weeks and after. And then we were out there for almost two years. But uh, a lot of weather-related stuff, like we already mentioned with your degree and uh, the uh, the tornadoes. And I got to do a lot of uh, climatology, and I gave presentations around the state and it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of cool experience. Um, not applying it myself uh, anymore in my career, but um, neither am I. We're still very, very interested in meteorology and uh, weather at large. And now, at least one of our daughters is uh, very interested in it as well. Even though she may be a little bit terrified of some of the more extreme stuff, she's still very interested in science. And weather is definitely at the top of her list. But going back to to Twister and from someone, even going back to our time at Penn State, someone that was pursuing a meteorology degree, I feel like the movie had two areas inside uh, meteorology circles. It was people that were growing, grew up with it and always idolized it because it was something that you were interested in. You got to see a movie about it. And then there were others that were like, well none of that is accurate, you know, kind of like looking down upon it. You and I are obviously in the camp where it came out when, you know, we were, what, 11, 12 years old. It was very exciting. I remember seeing the trailers and the posters for it and and just how amped up I was to be able to go and see it. But there definitely were detractors and people that just kind of brush it off, um, both in and outside the scientific community. But to me, films are just forms of entertainment. It doesn't have to always be 100% accurate. And um, I, I just I love the film, and we're going to get into that here shortly. But what do you think about when people kind of deride it for its uh, scientific accuracy? Or I say the same thing that I say anytime critics don't like a movie that I enjoy. If it entertains me, I don't really care about the Oscar potential or the deep down scientific validity of it if i if i enjoy watching it if it has a good soundtrack which i think twister has a rockin soundtrack yes um but i'm going to watch it and i think a lot of it is nostalgia for me um as most of my top 5 favorite movies are not, none of them are recent right um i think that it probably planted 
the seed for me as a kid to want to pursue meteorology because I did go to school thinking, I'm going to be a storm chaser. That sounds kick-ass. Like, I'm going to do that now. That didn't last. (laughs) (laughs) There was an opportunity we discussed going on a summer trip to to Oklahoma uh, and the area. And and it's – I would still love to to do it. It's not that. It's just, you know, at some point in your college career, fairly early on for me, practicality set in. Yeah. And uh, so we we chose focuses, foci. We chose to focus on (laughs) – There you go. Reorder. Move (laughs) things around. We chose to focus – on specialties within the umbrella of meteorology that were a little more universal. Right, and, right. Because um, you went into the atmospheric science aspect of it, and that's mm-hmm. where you ended up doing your, your your master's at Purdue was specifically in atmospheric science, but or atmospheric chemistry. Was that specifically? I, I don't remember. It was – I think it's – in the master's degree, it's just atmospheric science, but I was in you were working the chemistry in department. Chemistry, yeah. Well, I guess I was in the Earth and Atmospheric Sciences, but my advisor was the head of the chemistry, chemistry department. We were doing atmospheric chemistry. I studied pollution that came off of big urban areas and how it related to climate change. And I'd say, tell me about your plane rides and data collection, but I don't think you want to revisit that. So uh, no. we can move on. Um, before we dive into this uh, this first minute here, there's not a lot to talk about. That's what kind of why we're doing a long introduction and just vamping a little bit here because there's not even dialogue in the first minute. Vamping. So, um, hey, I, I'm a pro. I've been doing this for a while. I know how to vamp. Vamping. Yes, vamping. Would you like me to spell it? I think I can spell it. Okay. Not gonna stop me picturing you as like Edward Cullen. <laughs> no, not that kind of vamping. I, I get it. I'm just saying. Am I sparkly? Am I sparkly? A little bit. Okay, I just it's We have kids. Yes. We have girls. Yes. It's a lot of glitter. Do you think that loud noise was a cat or a kid? I'm gonna go with cat. But I'm going to take a moment to you, check the You check on them, <laughs> the and I will just say that while we both chose meteorology, obviously. We both have the Bachelor of Science from Penn State in that field. But going into college or towards the time that you were considering colleges, I know you were also very much interested in astronomy. Mm, and yes. it, it shouldn't be a surprise then that one of your favorite movies, and I don't know, maybe coincidentally or something that shouldn't be a shock to anyone that uh, ends up getting married is – I also share in the love for Apollo 13, which we just uh, watched about a week ago and celebrated the 50th anniversary of that event over the past week. And um, you mentioned already Jurassic Park being a huge influence and one of your loves. So that is your top three essentially right there is Twister, Apollo 13, and Jurassic Park. And um, I will say I don't I don't I don't think Twister is number one. Oh no, I'm not saying it's number one. It's okay. not number one for me either. But it's it's, it's always in there. I I it's very the list fluctuates often, and I don't know that I could do anything but a top. Honestly, top twenty five is generally where I have to go when it comes to movies and TV shows. It's not something that I want to narrow down. And my interests you know, they they uh they they change. So over time, you know, I'm all Ghostbusters, really? Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, 
like all that kind of stuff comes into play in addition to the ones that that we enjoy to watch together that aren't necessarily part of a a franchise although Jurassic Park is certainly trying nothing beats the original no nothing that is one of the greatest movies ever made I will say you've named my top three right two out of those three written by Michael Crane mm-hmm yes um did you know that before I pointed it out when we watched the movie a week ago that no. Michael Crichton had a writing credit on Twister? Because I had no idea. No, I did not. I did, I did not know. I mean, uh, he didn't just have a writing credit. Was he the sole writer? He, I thought he there was... and his wife wrote it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. As I wow. learned 10 minutes ago. Oh, interesting. Yes. Good preparation as we yeah. dive into this movie. Now, you mentioned the, the soundtrack, and we're going to get it into a, on a future episode and maybe we'll split up the minutes that we talk about after maybe a half an hour, maybe we'll do a special episode talking about just the music or the score. Um, but they're both very, very well done. Uh, so, well, should we dive into the first minute? Sure. Not a lot to talk about, but we'll give it a listen and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, check it out. Am I allowed to to talk while you play this? Well, I would say generally we listen to it first, then we talk about I, it. You make the rules. I'm just checking. I, I'm not allowed to talk. I have thoughts. But we're going to watch it again and talk about it. Okay. But what if I forget my thoughts before? Do you want to just talk? Kind of, but I think you're going to get mad at me. And there you have it. That is the first minute of Twister. So not a lot of information there for us. You get the ominous music. You get the title, which blows away. We see that we're starting in 1969, and you just kind of get a setting that you're somewhere in in the plains of the United States. That's all the information you get in the first minute. So I will rewind it back, and we'll watch it again so that we can make sure we get all your thoughts as they were coming to you, okay? I can talk this time. You can talk. You can talk as much as you want. So, blank screen. We get to see Warner Brothers. It is a Time Warner yep. movie. Yep, yep. That makes me think of Harry Potter right there. Yes, very much so. But this would actually be the OG version of that. So, mm-hmm. Harry Potter kind of ripped off Twister. So. Okay. <laughs> um, I like this eerie sound until it be- becomes growly. Uh, you lose me there. You know why? You don't think Twister's growl? I don't think Twister's growl, but I also know that they used camels to make that sound. Okay. And so it loses me a little. Camels. Camels. That's interesting. That's a... Like, I could have accepted, all right, a Twister growls like a tiger. I'll, I'm on board. Well, I kind of thought that's where it was going. Like, that, that nope. kind of... Camel. Also, <laughs> that squeak of that oil rig thing sounds like a garage door opening. So most of my comments are about sound editing. Right, apparently. So that first minute 
not a lot to discuss. That's kind of why we did the prolonged introduction. Do they have oil rig thingies like that in Oklahoma? You're asking the wrong person there. They haven't done any research on this. Well, not on the occurrences of oil rigs in Oklahoma. I do not know. I, I didn't think it was just a Texas thing. I don't know. I always imagined it was a Texas thing, but I guess oil doesn't stop at the border. What's your favorite part? The growl. I just used a lot. I remember thinking as a child, like, oh my God, the special effects. You know, and then you watch it as an adult, you're like... Yeah, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about special effects a lot as we go through this minute by minute because, well... It's a big budget disaster movie. <laughs> right, and you can't realistically shoot a movie in front of a real twister. I think you the lawyers would be pretty upset about that. You know, I, I don't think it's feasible. Feasible. What is with you and my word choice? I don't know. You don't normally talk like this on any given day. This is my podcasting. Yeah, I don't love it. Why not? I don't know. You're a little pretentious. <laughs> pretentious? A little bit. I'm trying to sound smart. Pretentious? No. Smart? S-M-R-T. Yeah. What else about the first minute of the movie? Um... There's not much to say about I know. it. <laughs> That's why I wasn't sure if there were you. You said you had a lot to say. so I, was, I said it. Okay. I remember going to see this movie in the theater. I went, I would say, maybe about three to four weeks after it came out. I think this is all a guess. It, was, it certainly wasn't an opening night thing. I didn't see it that opening weekend, I don't believe. I did see it on a school night. I know that for a fact. I did see it very late at like a somewhere between nine and 10 o'clock at night, I believe it began because I clearly remember I was in bed, not asleep yet, but in bed, you know, just probably TV on with the weather channel, just uh, white noise as I try to go to sleep. And my dad opened my bedroom door and told me to get dressed because he was taking me to the movie theater. And uh, he and I went to a very late showing of a movie on a school night. That's the biggest thing that I remember from, from the movie is he had a cool dad. I well, th- well, that was certainly out of the ordinary. Not for my dad, because my dad and I went to see movies, not all the time, but we saw plenty of movies together. But that it was on a school night and we were going to a late movie. That just I'll never forget that. I don't know the date. I don't know exactly if it was mid May when it came out or if it was closer to June when it had been out for a while. But uh, my dad took me, and I remember walking in. Uh, to the theater and we sat in one of the back rows because we were walking in like as this scene was like we didn't see the previews we walked in and we had just like seen this opening moment because uh, I definitely got to see the minutes leading up or coming after this we in like, the theater. Ah, camels. <laughs> I was like that does sound like camels to me camels but yeah the special effects at the time I remember a lot of people saying oh, that was you know that was super cool a lot of people saw this movie this was I don't know if blockbuster is the right word. Uh, yeah. You think it you think it is? Yeah, I people saw it for the special effects. Okay. Uh, and it was, you know. Because at the time. Slightly early for that summer window because generally you think of Memorial Day through like the 4th of July as being the prime time um, huge summer movie because this came out May 10th. Mm. But it ended up being the second highest grossing film of the year only behind Independence Day. Now it trailed it by a lot. Independence Day 
absolutely took over uh, the cinema that that summer. Now, if this was like an alien tornado, mm. it might have topped it. So like put, Sharknado. So take Independence Day and Twister and put them together. Yeah. Like what would you call it? Alienado? Is that the best we can do? No. I don't know. Don't put me on the spot. I'm okay. Just think of it. All right. Well, when we come back to do. But that would be the best of both worlds because <laughs> you get Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, and then you throw in a little, uh, what's his face? From yeah, what? From Independence Day. Not Will Smith, but. Ian Malcolm? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> exactly. Throw in a little Jeff Goldblum. Talking about the how nature finds a way. We're obviously going to have a lot to say about the actors, uh, but I was just kind of, I think we'll say that until they make their debut and um, we'll have all have done a lot more research about them individually. I, I wasn't really prepared to do research on the first minute because I, there wasn't much to see, but of course you one up me with your camels and uh, knowing that Michael Crichton writ- wrote it with his wife, which that I did not know. So good information. First minute, great movie, Twister, um, directed by Jan de Bont. Mm-hmm. I had to uh, research the uh, pronunciation Dutch way to say his name because it's written. If you're going to butcher it in American English, it's Jan de Bont, but it's it's Jan Jan de Bont. He left a movie. He also directed another movie that is a. Uh, Incredibly fun and overachieved at the box office, but he also also had some not so good ones. Also, 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 good. also. Do you know what other movie he directed prior to Twister? Uh, Speed. Yes. Yes, and he and I. It's I'm called like, the bus that couldn't slow down. I'm glad they shortened it to Speed because mm. that was not great. Sandra Bullock also fantastic. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent agree. And you know I love that movie as well because it was on. Yeah, you a, stayed up like a till month like ago, midnight on a work day just I to was watch. Like, well, speed. I'm not turning off Speed. I haven't seen it in like 20 well, years. But then so. you did, and you came back the next day, and it was at like the exact spot that you had. <laughs> oh no, you watched the end and you missed the beginning, and you came home and got to watch the beginning. Yes. And then I was like, well, you saw the, from here on out. Now last night, you're going to go to bed, and you're like, no, I'm going to finish the movie. <laughs> Obviously. Jan de Bont junkie. Yeah, but Jan de Bont, I, I want to find the information because um, he left a movie to do. Oh. <laughs> I was well, he also did speed too, but. I know, but I, um, I actually have to remind me. I have fun facts for the casting of this movie when you want to talk more yeah, well, about it. Uh, when we get to th- those characters, um, it's going to take us about 10 minutes, though. Just don't don't let me forget, because um, Add it to the list. I gotta write it down, frankly. I gotta write it down. I'm never, I'm never gonna find my fun fact on Jan de Bond, but he actually, like, quit a movie to go work on Twister. But I, can't, oh, really? I don't remember which one it was. Well, we'll come back for Episode two, and you can have your fun fact for Jan de Bont. <sighs> I won't okay? remember by then, but fine. Yeah. Well. Who? I think you will. What? I think you will. All right. So that is the end of episode one of Solid F2 Podcast. And I'm not sure we ever mentioned the title other than in passing at the beginning. If you've seen the movie, you know what we're referencing. It was tough to come up with a title, and I just kind of pulled that 
from the quote. You didn't um, like my suggestion, so I don't know what you want me to do. Well, well, we'll get to that one when we get to it. Yeah, there was a there's a bunch of options because there's a lot of great quotes from Twister, especially if you're fans like we are. But I thought Solid F2 was a subtle nod to a quote from the movie, but also is related to tornadoes. And some of the other ones were maybe a little bit too on the nose, but I don't know. It's what we're rolling with. So Mine wasn't on the nose. <laughs> no, yours was elsewhere, in the gutter, as usual. So, um, anything to say before we go? No, you're driving this bus. <laughs> that can't slow and down. And it won't slow down. <laughs> All right, so that's the end of episode one of Solid F2. And we'll be back again for episode two and the second minute of the movie Twister. Thanks for listening to the Solid F2 Podcast, a minute-by-minute breakdown of the movie Twister. That's all for this week. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Solid F2 Pod. Solid F2 Podcast is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. Visit jmnjrradio.com for more.